If you are ready to change the way people experience the transition to parenthood, you've come to the right place. On this podcast, we interview postpartum professionals, academics and researchers, as well as parents with unique perspectives on postpartum. Whether you've been working with new families for decades or are brand new to postpartum care, we'd love you to join us. I'm your host, Julia Jones. Hello and welcome to Newborn Mothers Podcast. Today on the show, I'm interviewing Layla B, um, who is somewhat a bit of an international um, postpartum educator, uh, but really diving deep into Moroccan traditions and um, oh yeah, has just some amazing um, things to, to share and some knowledge to, um, to uphold, I suppose. So do you want to introduce yourself, Layla? Yes, thank you, Julia. Thanks for having me. So my name is Leila B. I'm originally Moroccan. I'm British as well. I'm a mother of three small children. I'm also an entrepreneur and a traditional postpartum trainer, but I focus specifically on traditional Moroccan postpartum medicine. So my aim is to try and revive, reclaim and restore it. So that's what I've been doing for the past few years now. I love it. And I know that your background, obviously, um, like most of us in this kind of area, you really got this, um, you know, sparked when you had your own postpartum experiences and you had your first baby in, in the UK. Is that right? Yes. My firstborn was in the UK. He's about four and a half years old now. So I, I had nothing to do with the birth world then. I, was, I had a background in marketing. I was working with charities and I studied accounting. So... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was pregnant. I, in my mind, I wanted a natural birth. So I didn't think I really had to prepare for it. I just thought, okay, you know, it will just come naturally. But then obviously I was, I went to give birth in a hospital in England. So I didn't know or didn't think about all the interventions. I didn't take any classes. So my birth didn't turn out the way it was. It was quite negative experience. So I ended up with an episiotomy. It was still a vaginal birth, but I had an episiotomy, so many drugs. So after the birth, I was feeling sick and tired. Luckily, my mom was there to feed me and take care of me. Um, yeah, but that inspired me to learn more for myself and to try and help other women as well. And so, yeah, my journey started from there. I took a childbirth education training here in the UAE. And yeah, from there, I was inspired to start a conference, um, an international natural birth and breastfeeding conference over two years. So we had international speakers, local speakers. And yeah, that's how it started. Yeah, I love it. And your, your mother is Moroccan. That's your Moroccan connection. Yes, no, both my parents are Moroccan. We're all originally Moroccan. I'm just British. My father went to England a long time ago, and he worked there. So obviously, he got the British citizenship and I was born there as well but yeah my mom's originally Moroccan my whole family so she you know in Moroccan tradition usually the mom mother-in-law sister auntie some some female relative will be there to help the new mother so well my mother was there actually while I was pregnant so two to three months before I gave birth her and my father would spend those few months with me helping me cooking for me Mm -hmm. I would just do nothing or whatever I wanted to do and then obviously after the birth they would spend another at least a month two months with me so yeah it was good (laughs) yeah it's beautiful it's like you go you go back to being their little girl again you know it's a bit like being really babied and cared for in a really Mm. positive way 
Yeah, especially when you're living far away. Like I'm, I'm not living in Morocco currently. I'm living in Dubai. So it's quite, it's very far away. So it's quite difficult. So I'm lucky that they were able to come and I was able to go and get yeah, that. Yeah, right. So they're in the UAE because I, I know you spend a lot of time there too. No, I'm living in the UAE. Um, My parents live in Morocco. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's why you're always all over the place. <laughs> um, and, so <laughs> yes. and so your mother then must have introduced you in, during that first postpartum experience, even though you had a very difficult birth, she must have introduced you to some of the Moroccan um, traditional care. Yes, yes. Um, so, well, the thing with my mom, so she did introduce me to some of the, you know, traditional practices such as eating warming foods, eating good food, nourishing food. She was doing that anyway since we've been born. She was, she's been always preparing meals for us and healthy food, things like that. However, the other traditions such as closing of the bones and other certain things she had never heard of, I think because she, she went to give birth in England. So when she married my father, they were in the UK. And so she had all her three children in England and she had absolutely nobody to support her because her mom was living in Morocco, didn't have money to come to England and they couldn't get visas. So she was alone the whole time. She had no support. So a lot of that knowledge wasn't passed on to her or she didn't get to experience. However, still she got to, you know, take care of me, feed me and just do whatever I needed basically. Yeah. So she still had that basic idea, that sort of principle that, that of mothering the mother, even if she didn't have the, the, yeah, those um, details and the benefits herself. Yes, yes. The Moroccan culture is very much like that anyways. Like people stick together, they support each other. If someone's sick, then people will be visiting them, bringing food, taking care of them. So there's a lot of support anyways. And it's kind of expected. It's, I didn't have to ask like, oh, mom, are you coming to stay with me? Please, can you come? I knew she was coming <laughs> mm-hmm. to take care of me. So... Yeah, that's the, the culture is, is like that anyways. But then for the new mother, we call her the Nafisa in Moroccan Arabic. So she was very highly regarded traditionally now still as well, but before it was even more so. So um, the, the traditional midwives always tell me that the new mother was like a bride. So if you've met or known of a Moroccan bride, lots of preparation and planning takes place. So many outfits, so many different foods. It's like a huge event. It's very important. And the new mother was like that as well. So, you know, you, we had to make sure she had the right foods. She was taken care of. She doesn't lift a finger. She just relaxes in bed. She gets henna done. She has the hammam, which is a traditional steam bath. So she was very much taken care of all the time. So people, you know, kind of, it's like part of the culture now. Yeah, I love it. And then you obviously then decided from your own postpartum experience to to go back to Morocco and learn more about these traditions because, you know, in Morocco and all over the world, they are, um, we, we are at risk of losing them completely. You know, it's often been a generation or two since they've really been actively practised largely due to colonization, industrialization, globalization. But um, I love that you decided to go back and find some traditional midwives. And, and um, can you tell me about that, that journey for you as well? Yes, sure. Well, uh, throughout my life, uh, basically, I've 
just gone with the flow. So I let wherever, you know, life leads me, even with my studies, you know, first I was doing international business. I didn't really like it. I went to accounting and marketing. I was working with charities. I was working with fashion companies. I did the master in fashion marketing. So I just go <laughs> where life takes me. And so, as I told you, when I gave birth, I was interested in, you know, birth work and uh, childbirth education, doula work. Uh, but I was mainly focusing on the conference. And then after my birth, I think it was the second birth, she was born in Dubai. And then I went back to Morocco. And there was a lady that we know, she's like, we've known her for years. She was at my mom's house and she said, oh, did you, did you get someone to close your bones? Did you have that already? I had never even heard of that then. I said, what are you talking about? You know, what, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. She said, come, come, let me show you. So she just took the scarf off her head and she told me to lay on the floor and she just started wrapping her scarf on my head, going all the way down from my head to my toes. And it felt really good. And she did it really quickly because she had some work to do. And I was like, oh, what's that? And she said, yeah, this is a tradition. My mom, her mom's a traditional midwife. She said, my mom has learned that and you know she experienced that she had all her children at home I said okay I didn't think anything of it I just it was in my mind the whole time and then eventually I thought okay this sounds interesting let me start looking more into the postpartum traditions of the new mother and so I was led down that path and ever since you know I'm not doing the conference anymore this is my main focus so uh, I live in the north of Morocco and Morocco is very diverse. So you could go to the central, to the south and people look different. The language, we sound different and there's lots of different traditions. So I'm hoping to explore further down south. But my knowledge now is mainly from the north of Morocco. And yeah, I met a few traditional midwives, mainly from the town of where my parents were born. It's a very small town and everyone knows everyone. So the traditional midwife I'm, I'm, I was studying and still studying with her mother-in-law passed it down to her and her mother-in-law was actually the one supporting my grandma, some of my aunties. <laughs> so it's all connected. Yes. Yeah, so now um, I'm on that journey. I'm still studying with traditional midwives in Morocco and they're really lovely. They're, they've you know, passed on their blessings to share this knowledge and the knowledge uh, differs. So there's different traditions, the closing of the bones in the, the Moroccan way, there's different styles that, different uh, ladies do so I'm still learning and I'm still sharing and as you said there is because of colonization and industrialization globalization modernization everything slowly 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 the traditions are dying and I see that in Morocco as well so for with the traditional midwives I'm learning with so they're you know 60 plus uh, their age and no one wants to take on those roles so they have nobody who will continue that knowledge as of yet. Maybe someone will, but as of yet, there no one has. You know, it's a really low-income job. Uh, they do most of their work for free. They live on donations. Most of the people are served, have little to no income. So, you know, it's not really... People now want to study and they're going to university and trying to, you know, make a life for themselves. So we can see why people don't want to take on those roles, which is fair enough. Um... So I'm trying to revive, reclaim and restore that knowledge through, you know, the work I'm doing. I do retreats. I'm trying to write a book on all of this stuff when I have time. Uh, I'm preparing an online course. 
so other women around the world can study these things and, and offer them to women in their communities if they want to. So I think it's important to keep the knowledge alive. I think in America, we still have a strong culture and these things are passed down orally. But maybe in a few decades, that may not be the case because, you know, things are changing drastically. The country is becoming much more modern which is a good thing, but also these old traditions are becoming very old school and we need to go, people are going to hospitals to give birth. We have high cesarean rates and things are changing a lot. So, so yeah, that's my mission yeah. right now. Oh, it's beautiful and it's so important. And, and of all the things you learned, because I know that you know a lot and you've learned a lot, what do you feel are perhaps like the most important or your favourite or the most special kind of um, postpartum traditions in, in Morocco? <laughs> well, I think it's sad. <laughs> yeah, like from from my from what I've learned with the ladies and from my life living in Morocco and as a Moroccan woman, like I've broken it down into like there's six stages. What I've seen, so we have welcoming her, honoring her, nourishing her, nurturing her, closing her, and s celebrating her. That's seven, I think. I don't know. Well. Uh, <laughs> To me, it's like, it's a whole flow. So when, from my experience, when like you have to have the good food. For me, the recovery without, you know, if my mom was giving me just peanut butter sandwiches or something like that, I, I would not be happy, especially growing up in Morocco. You know, you need to have big meals, hearty meals, something warm soups we have lots of you know lots of soupy dishes lots of herbs and spices things that are warming so that's extremely important because if you don't eat well you're not going to recover and you're going to be tired you need to try and feed your baby you're trying to recover yourself so that for me is extremely important the food and the drinks however at the same time you know we have it's like a package so it's like you're going on a journey so while you're being nourished you're also being nurtured, so you get to have the wash. It's a nice hot, everything is hot and warm. So a nice warm bath. And then right after the bath, your bones are closed. So in one day, you could go through all the stages. You're welcomed, you're always honored, you're nourished, and then you get your hammam, you're nurturing, then you're closed and celebrated. So this is all a celebration, the way you're being treated, the way you're... You know, people visiting you, bringing food and taking care of you. So it's like one whole journey and they all need to, you know, they all interconnect together. But food, I think, is definitely important. And having someone there around you, they don't need to talk to you. Just, just nice knowing someone's there and, yeah, getting the support. So that's, it's all important. Loving this podcast? Check out our books at newbornmothers.com. Nourishing Newborn Mothers is a recipe book to nourish your mind, body and soul after childbirth. And my second book, Newborn Mothers, was a bestseller. I know, I can't believe it either. It's about baby brain, village building and how to find happiness in 21st century parenting. You can get the first chapter free of both books at newbornmothers.com books. Yeah, I love it. So those six stages again, it was welcoming, honouring, nourishing, nurturing closing and celebrating yeah yes six yeah 
Six, I love it. And, and so this can kind of work, you're saying, in a cyclical way because it can be a cycle that would happen within an hour or within a day exactly. or within a week and even over your whole journey. Like I'm imagining that, you know, I, I often feel like the first year or, or even two sometimes can feel like a really big milestone so there can be some celebrating, you know, closing mm-hmm. and celebrating, you know, in the longer um, stages as well. Yes, definitely. Like now I'm one year postpartum with my last baby, but I still feel, you know, I need, I need the hammams, I need the good food. I still need that care. But as you said, yeah, these six stages, they, they take place throughout the 40 days. They take place throughout the first few months at least, but they happen, you know, all the time. So within one day, you're fed something, you know, you're, you're being fed all the time. So, and on, on usually some of the traditional midwives, within the first week, they will have given a new mother the hammam. It's a traditional Moroccan steam bath. So it's, uh, you can replicate it at home. So it's like really hot, steamy. And then they wash the new mother with olive soap. And then we have a clay, natural clay called rasul. So the mother is, you know, rubbed, massaged and washed. You don't lift a finger. And... So this could happen and then you would, as soon as you're done, the closing would come after that. And then you're just put down, you like, they let you rest and sleep. If you need to feed your baby, you do. There's always someone around to help with the baby. And, and you're eating, you know, throughout the day. And yeah, you just relax basically. Even when visitors come, traditionally the new mom would stay in her room, in her bed. And people, if they wanted to see her, they would come, say hello. Usually women only, men would just stay, you know, in the sitting room. And, and visit the husband or the partner, whoever. And so, yeah, the mom would get these six stages throughout. It could be on a day. It would be throughout her first 40 days. Um, yeah, so it's a journey that keeps going on and on and on. Yeah, I love it. I love it so much. And have you got any suggestions for people who are listening to this at home? I'm imagining there's both mothers listening as well as professionals listening and they're thinking, how can I incorporate more of this into my own life have you got any suggestions um on Mm. how they can do that i think uh, it's important like in pregnancy to start thinking about these things for me i didn't i had to like give birth and then think oh what should i do but i was lucky as i told you my mom naturally as soon as i gave birth she she would come from the hospital come from her house to the hospital and bring me a thermos full of hot uh, soup so like I didn't have to tell her or I didn't really have to prepare for that. But for other women, if they're not in that same situation or if they don't have family around or, you know, like, like I do in Dubai, I'm quite, you know, on my own. I don't have that village or that tribe to support me. So I think it's important in pregnancy. Like now we talk a lot about the birth plans, but I think we also need to focus on the postpartum plan. So just to consider, okay, when I give birth, who can help me out? Anybody to prepare meals for me? What do I, what kind of things do I want to eat? So to do some research on why we eat the warming foods. Some people, you know, like to eat raw food or cold food. So it would be good to look into the benefits of eating warm foods. And we find that in all the like traditional cultures, which still support new mothers in these ways, they all focus on warming foods. So, Um, there must be some wisdom behind that so just to prepare what you're going to eat who's going to help you who's going to be around to support you if you have other children you'll probably need help with them and you know sometimes we need to get paid help I do that as well so luckily I'm able to 
I hire someone to help me now with the kids. That's why I'm able to be on this podcast. She's watching <laughs> the kids right now. Otherwise, they'll be banging the door, uh, banging down the door. So, so we can think about, you know, ways in advance. There's also postpartum professionals who you can hire. They can help you with um, cooking, taking care of the kids, breastfeeding, if you're doing that, and just other things. There's also people who specialize in like closing the bones in the the Mexican tradition and the the ceremonial bath. And lots of people now, you know, things are changing. And hopefully in the future, we'll also have some ladies teaching the Moroccan postpartum tradition. So... Yeah, you just need to try and plan in advance, especially in the world nowadays where everyone's on their own. So it's good to plan in advance and just make a postpartum plan. Yeah, I completely agree because obviously traditionally it would have just happened like with your mother mm. coming to help out. But, but yes, these days so many women are on their own. They really have to do that planning and preparing Mm. themselves um Mm. can you tell me a little bit more about celebrating can you give me some examples of ways that mothers are celebrated in morocco yes sure um so some of the ways some of the celebrations we do so we have so when the mother gives birth after a few days sometimes the mother will be taken to the hammam so not only having it in her house so usually like 40 day rest is staying home but for the hammam most people don't have a hammam in their house, so it's a public bath, which has been used for centuries. So people, you know, will not wash at home. They used to wash at the public baths in the hammam. So it's it's a warm, very hot place. So this would be a celebration. It's only for women. So we have public baths for women only and for men only. So the um, the new mother's family and friends, all the women will get together and they will take her to the hammam. So they prepare, prepare like a ceremonial tray. It has rose water. We have a bowl with henna and, and eggs. There's silver. These are all just traditional things. Uh, and they take her clothes. We, we need to make sure we take a scarf so that we wrap her hair. So although she's going to have a wash, she needs to be very warm afterwards. So scarf, socks, uh, like leggings underneath her clothes. So she needs to be kept warm completely. And then she'll be wearing like a big, an outer garment, something wrapping her fully. So no winds will touch her after the hammam. And women do this in any case. So even if she's a new mother or not, when people go to the hammam, after they finish, they always wrap up very well. So they don't want to catch any colds. So they take the, the tray, they take sweets, they take dates, um, tea or milk, and they take her to the hammam. There's lots of ululating, uh, singing, and even in the hammam, it's very fun and it's a, it's a celebration. And then she comes home, she gets henna on her hands and feet. And there's always, of course, food prepared. We have a famous dish called rfisa. It's uh, the base of the dish is made with like flat breads, flat Moroccan breads. And it's with, they usually use organic chicken for the new mother always with lots of herbs, spices. We have a, a herb mix called Ras al It has at least 30 different spices, all blended together, all warming spices. Fenugreek, lentils, onions, garlic. So it's uh, boiled eggs, lots of, you know, nourishing things in there. Now, in Morocco, we hardly have, I've, well, I've never met vegetarian people, very rare, but there are vegetarians. So on my retreat, we made the vegetarian version of this dish, which was really nice as well. So 
they'll eat they'll celebrate the new mother mother can you know just lay in her bed and listen to everyone having fun celebrating she can join in but she's always you know home relaxing or that's one of the celebrations is the hammam mm-hmm. and on the seventh day usually people will have um, it's like the, we call it the aqiqa it's also an islamic uh, thing not only a cultural tradition and that's when you know the baby can be named uh, guests are invited so external guests not only close family and friends so usually traditionally it would be men sitting on their own women alone now there's some families which you know have it mixed together and again of course there's always food <laughs> and just welcoming the new mother people may bring gifts for the baby for the mom they bring a lot of gold uh, little gold gifts and items for the baby for mom as well So we're just it's a whole celebration just to celebrate that this woman gave birth and everything is okay for the mom and the baby and yeah this this is generally happens either on the 7th day or the 40 days I love it it's so beautiful and it is so um just makes me feel good even just hearing about it even not, not even experiencing it so <laughs> yeah I can just see how valuable that is for mothers mm-hmm. um do you have anything else you want to share I was just going to say on the retreat that we had uh, the the past one was this May 2018 so we replicated like a one of these ceremonies so I I I organized the party it was women only we found a new mother uh, she was about 40 days postpartum I never met her before I just got my auntie I said find someone who's just given birth and we're going to celebrate her you know maybe she can't afford some people a lot of people can't afford to have party so they'll just you know have a small thing at home so she came she had this was her seventh child and she brought some of her uh, neighbors her family and she came so we had the the traditional group who sing um it's it's very common in the north region so where i'm from so there's a traditional group about 10 ladies and they just use drums and they sing um and we had food of course traditionally there was another dish that my in at my grandmother's time they used to have it would be lamb with rice and then lots of herbs and spices and we had vegetarian ladies as i mentioned so we would do vegetarian versions of everything so we celebrated her people were dancing they were lots of ululating and just celebrating her and she got to dress wear her kaftan and just sit she had henna on her hands and her baby was there Uh, so yeah that's the kind of thing so beautiful can you happened. tell me what ululating means <laughs> how do i say that i, I can't <laughs> do it so you know when uh, in, in some of in some cultures they like when you make that that sound with your tongue when it's moving like, really fast like yeah like so a cheer, like yodeling like, like, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah like that but many women in morocco they're the traditional ladies they're professionals so in any wedding any celebration they're uh-huh. doing they're doing that <laughs> yeah beautiful oh i love it so much thank you so much for sharing and you have another retreat coming up uh in 2019 yeah yes in june june 2000 june 10th to the 17th in 2019 um yeah it happens in morocco so we stay it's it's for about 10 to 15 women maximum we stay in uh, the last one we stayed in a villa in asela it's a town in the north near tangier so i w- 
My parents are from Chefchaouen. It's a small blue wash town, very small. But we lived in Tangier. So when I, I lived in Morocco, we lived in Tangier. And Asela is very close. And it's a very multicultural place. Uh, the north was colonized by the Portuguese, the Italians, the Spanish, the French, Arabs, Turks. It's a, <laughs> it's a whole mix. You see a mix of everything there. So it's a beautiful place. So we stay in the villa for the whole time. It's a beautiful villa. We have our own private chef, pool. There's a hammam in the house. So that was important. I was lucky to find this place. So we have our own hammam and it's heated by wood. So it has to heat like for a whole night. And this year, what I'm doing, I'm including the Moroccan, traditional Moroccan postpartum medicine, like a training. So an actual certification training. So I'm doing the online course, but then people who come to the retreats will get to do it live, which is, of course, always beneficial to get to experience it mm. and to do it. So it will be broken down in the stages like welcoming, honoring. So we'll discuss all of those points and then nurturing for the hammam. They will get to experience it and to learn how to offer it. Um, closing the bones the Moroccan way. Again, you get to experience it. You get to learn how to do it celebration we will have the celebration party so the good thing because i'm from morocco i it's like these ladies coming are my guests so i have to host them well and in morocco everyone's very hospitable especially when you have guests so although it's a business but it's still it's not treated like a business i have to be extra hospitable and you know i do my best to let the ladies ex experience the culture as well not just you know coming to a house and staying in the house so we get to experience mm -hmm. everything we meet local people you dance with the locals we learn with them we go out as well so we do sightseeing some sightseeing so you can get to explore asila uh, with a guide we go to tangier in june the weather is going to be nice and warm so we can go to the beach so it's a whole experience it's like a journey and we'll go to chef show in as well so it's one week really nice journey so uh, we have about five ladies already so a few more spaces left for for anyone who wants to join us oh it sounds incredible i always say this to you layla but i wish morocco and australia were a little bit closer <laughs> together <laughs> One day we'll, we'll meet. <laughs> yes, definitely. Oh, that sounds amazing. Lovely. Do you have any last things you want to add? Um, not really. I think that's covered everything. I'd just like to thank you for allowing me onto your platform and to share what some of the things I know with, with everyone. It's my absolute pleasure and thank you for your contribution. And um, for everyone listening at home, Layla has also contributed some um, of her Moroccan postpartum uh, learnings in my upcoming book. So, yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure to learn a little bit about that from you. Thank you. Thank you. And we have the upcoming postpartum summit. It's going to start in September and Julia is going to be talking on there as well. So we'll, we'll share more details soon. I'll share them with you and you can let everyone know. Yes, how to I will. I will. I'll add it all to the show notes. Thank you so much, Layla. So lovely to Thank chat. Thank you so much. And you. Take care. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Here at Newborn Mothers, we believe that every family has the right to high-quality postpartum care. If you want to join us, learn more at newbornmothers.com. And if you like this podcast, we'd really love you to leave us a five-star review and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.